Hey guys, and welcome to Hunting Land, presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. If you'd like to stay up to date on hunting tactics, land management, land values, and land market dynamics, this is the podcast for you. This week's show is brought to you by Fatanis Defense, Masters of Darkness, is proud to offer the PD Pro line of night vision systems. The PD Pro series is the world's smallest and lightest night vision goggles, built around the Fatana 16mm filmless 4G image intensifier tubes and their hybrid filmless 18mm image intensifier tubes. These ultralight, ultra-compact night vision systems deliver the cleanest image, best resolution, smallest, most transparent halo, and best overall performance and function of any night vision system available. The PD Pro line consists of the PD Pro M 16mm monocular, the PD Pro B 16mm binocular, and the PD Pro Q panoramic night vision system. Patanus Defense, Masters of Darkness. And also brought to you by Sun South. Strength, speed, and versatility. A winning combination on, off, and in the field. At SunSouth, that's exactly what you get with quality John Deere equipment, affordably priced and ready to tackle projects on your property, like the John Deere 5 Series tractors with discounts up to $3,500 at SunSouth. And don't forget to service your John Deere Gator at SunSouth with free pickup and delivery packages. Go see the folks at your neighborhood SunSouth. Equipment for those that do. Some restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Offers expire October 31st, 2021. I'm your host, Joe Bai, here today with my co-host, Clint Flowers, and today we are going to be talking about the first step in our series on building a cabin uh, with our expert, Dale Williamson with Alabama Ag Credit. We're going to be diving in why you need to create a budget, how much you can spend, and also how much you should spend. Clint, what do you see more often than not? Do you see folks over-improving their properties more than not, or do people get it right most times? Just depends on their need. You know, if they've got a big family, they may need to build a bigger lodge than, you know, the most average size family, or if they plan on having a lot of guests or using it for corporate functions. But as long as it aligns with, with their use, you know, that's the most important thing first and foremost. And then, you know, focusing on achieving the best value for that while you're at it. All right. Well, let's jump into it with Dale Williamson, Alabama Ag Credit. Dale, welcome to Hunting Land, man. Tell us a little bit about what you got going on over at Alabama Ag Credit. And we're staying busy right now. It's a good time to finance some land. Uh, rates are still low. We're seeing a lot of stuff moving around. Um, just probably need a little more inventory on the market right now. But uh, it's a good time to buy a piece of land and get it financed for sure. Well, you know, one of the things that we see folks buying land, a lot of times it's to build their, their country home. Uh, a lot of times it's to build that getaway. And that's really what we're going to be talking about today is, is really the first step in building a cabin, which is creating your budget. I think it's something that a lot of people skip over, they gloss over. And we see it uh, a lot of times as we're getting ready to list a property for sale that not a lot of thought was put into that. So first and foremost, why, why do you think somebody should create a budget if they're planning on building a cabin? Yeah, so I would definitely suggest that, especially on the financing side of it. So that's that's kind of our number one driver. So when we're looking into, let's say, financing the construction of that cabin or putting that package together, we're going to use that budget that builder will create for the client, and that's kind of going to drive that whole building process. So that's how we'll do our draws for the construction. And more importantly, that budget's going to drive what the appraiser uh, values 
that cabin to be built through. So by knowing the square footage, the finishes, you know, bedrooms, bathrooms, all that type of stuff, that's going to come up with an appraised value for that cabin based on the comparable sales in the area. And then from that number, that'll let us know what we can loan um, to make those improvements. That's a critical step on our side for it. And just to know, you know, know what you're going to get into. Building, as anybody's always been through, you always end up spending a little more than you think when it's all said and done. Yeah, that's been my experience, not just in building, but any kind of improvements I've ever made. I'm, I always allow for about 20% more than whatever my budget is. You know, if we come in and we say, all right, we're going to spend, you know, hundred grand, I, I just figure it's probably going to cost 120. What do you see on your end? I mean, do you think there's a rule of thumb where folks could say, you know, all right, we're budgeting this much and there's, there's going to be a slush in there of a certain percentage? Yeah, I mean, I would definitely say a minimum of 10%. Um, I think 20% would be really a healthy number. Um, there's just, you just always run into things that are unforeseen. And, and two, in, in this COVID age, um, just, just pricing issues, prices with the inflation that we're seeing right now, um, the lumber is kind of coming back down a little bit. It's still high in all the building materials. Um, hard to get a hold of. If you can get a hold of them, they're, they're higher each month to get them priced out. So, Definitely have some wiggle room in there. If not, you're going to get caught short. I very rarely, I've been doing these for maybe close to 20 years now, and I've fairly rarely seen one come in under budget. I honestly can't think of one that has. So definitely a little room. I expect to go over budget, so I'm going to be prepared for that. Yeah, it's a great point. I think that we see folks over-improving their land quite often as well. I, I would imagine that y'all see see that. It's not something that you could really finance. Like you said earlier, you know, you're going to look at after we do these uh, proposed improvements, what, what would the property then appraise for? But if somebody comes to you and they say, look, I'm never selling this place. Um, I want to keep it uh, forever. So I want to have what I want to have. And what they want to have is, is really something that they're never going to get back uh, if they were to resell that property. How do you work with somebody in, in that regard? I mean, if they say, look, I just, I, I want to build a, you know, X dollar cabin and y'all are looking at it saying, you're just not going to get that money back. Sure. And we run into that quite often. Um, and we just have them on a case by case basis. But basically all we're doing there is we'll get the appraisal um, completed on that property we'll come back and get an appraised value and then we can loan a certain percentage of that appraised value um, somewhere in the 80% neighborhood, sometimes a little more, sometimes a little less. So we'll give them a number and say, Hey, here's what we can help you with. You know, we can loan you this amount of money on the property. So therefore that would make your down payment X dollar. So oftentimes if, if they want to build something that's not going to appraise for uh, the same amount as the construction costs, um, the customer just need to cover that difference themselves. Um, and quite often people will do that. You know, they'll say, hey, we do want to do this special. We understand we're maybe overbuilding for this market and we're, we're not doing this as much as an investment as this is going to be our family getaway. And we're okay that, you know, this is going to be a six bedroom cabin. It's probably not going to praise for that. Um, so we can still help in that case. It doesn't disqualify it for a loan by any means. It may limit the total amount we can loan um, but in that case the customer will just put additional equity into the property we can work with that and and that, that's often that often happens especially in rural areas where comps are sometimes harder to come by and when it comes to getting the loan how does this work in a situation let's say a landowner owns this property free and clear versus a situation where they have financed vacant land and they want to add a cabin 
Um, is this at like a construction loan? Does it have to do a full refi? How does that work? Yeah, sure. That's a good question. I mean, we run those both those situations often. Uh, we can handle either one of those. So we're going to basically come back with a appraised value for the entire property as a whole. So the property plus improvements. Um, and then based on whether that land is free and clear or whether there's debt against the property, uh, that'll kind of net out the number that we can loan or the funds that we could we could have available for the construction. So if somebody in that case were to own their property free and clear, you know, they'd likely not have to put any down payment at all. We could finance the entire building of the cabin or and construction without any cash going into it from the customer. Um, on the other hand, if there is some debt against the property, we would typically just refinance that into a new loan for the construction of the cabin, and we'd have everything all in one loan for the customer. If somebody wanted to do a separate loan and keep the cabin loan separate than the land loan, that's pop, that's possible also. But nine times out of ten, people just like simplicity, want to put everything all in one loan, keep it easy, one one payment to deal with. We've talked before about how uh, having you know a property financed, if you wanted to go in and do timber harvest, some of that nature, you, you know that that's something that you're going to work with your lender on and make sure that you know if you're taking timber out you know, maybe that's going towards making an improvement somewhere else on the property or it's paying down the loan. How does having a loan, uh, like a, a, a loan to build a cabin, for example, say a guy owns his property free and clear and he wants to build that cabin, get the loan to build that cabin. It, does that then collateralize the land, you know, against that? How do you, how does that actually work? Would then, would that change them being able to go in and, and harvest timber at their own pace and when they wanted to and how they wanted to? Yeah, so it would all it would kind of be on a case by case basis, um, and it it would mainly be driven by the loan to value that we needed to achieve to get the make the loan the size the customer wanted. So you know, let's say a guy had a five hundred acre tract that was paid for free and clear, and wanted to build a couple hundred thousand dollar cabin. You know, in that case, we could go in there and cut out some land where the cabin would would be built, and just use that for the collateral without having to take his entire collateral base. You know, so he would still have a large, lot of his land unencumbered. It would not be included in the loan. Um, so we can kind of customize that collateral base to just what's needed for that loan. So it's not completely, where it's not over collateralizing, limiting the customer from any other activities he wants to do far as harvesting or, or either selling all parts of the property. You know, we've run into that too. So the main thing is just to make, to identify that loan to value we need to achieve to, to match the loan amount and then base the collateral package off of that. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm hearing you say. Like you say, you just got to gotta keep that LTV where, where you need it to be. When we talk about loans, of course, you mentioned in, you know, in the beginning of the show that interest rates are still historically very low. When it comes to doing something in terms of an improvement like a cabin, do those interest rates change? Is that still a land loan at that point? Uh, or is this a construction loan? What type of products are out there if, if you're going to build that cabin and kind of take me through what those interest rates are right now? Sure. Well, on our side, we kind of have two different programs for that. So one of them's a rural home loan, and then the other side would be on the agricultural side where this, this would be a, a cabin on a timber track, recreational track, that type deal. So on an actual rural home loan, that would be maybe a smaller acreage track. That's a primary residence for somebody who lives out in the country. And the key to that one, that'd be their primary residence. On those we can go up to a 30-year term on those, and your rates are going to be somewhere in the fours, right? On the agricultural side, and probably what more of our listeners are listening for right now, 
will be your timber tracks, recreational tracks, and all. Um, those loans pretty much mimic our land products. Those are typically around 20-year term loans. Uh, we do have some wiggle room there in certain cases. But same type deal, we can get you a fixed rate on those. Those rates are running in the fours right now. They're still historically extremely low. Um, they're a little bit off the bottom. The lowest rates were probably in August of last year, and they've slowly come back up a little since then. Uh, but still, historically, extremely low rates in the fours right now. Um, and with our dividend uh, package that we pay back to our customers, your true cost of borrowing would be in the threes. Good time to do something. All right. Well, here's the part I think either everybody wants to hear or nobody wants to hear. We we talked about you know the importance of creating that budget not only for 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 your your resale uh, reasons, but also for the uh, intention of getting some kind of financing. And that that really led us into how much you could spend. You you guys are always looking at it from an LTV perspective. That that really relates back to how much they can spend. Anything above those numbers is going to be personal capital that they're going to need to be putting into it. All right, let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. This week's show is brought to you by Bucks Island Marine. At BucksIsland.com, you can check out the full list of inventory from new and used bass, pontoon, and bow rider style boats, new and used motors, as well as kayaks. They love trade-ins, which provides a steady stream of used boats, and they can rig your boat at their 18-bay service department, or ship your new motor anywhere in the United States. They provide boat service on all kinds of boats, even if they weren't purchased from Bucks. They have factory-trained and certified technicians, so visit them at 4500 Highway 77 in Southside, Alabama, or give them a call at 256-442-2588. And also brought to you by Brush Clearing Services. Are you interested in building a healthy, sustainable habitat for a wide range of wildlife? If so, Brush Clearing Services and their 20 years of wildlife management experience should be your first choice. Brush Clearing Services Environmental Land Clearing Treatment selectively removes vegetation, leaving desirable trees and root structures undisturbed. Mulch left on site accelerates natural decomposition and reduces soil erosion while increasing soil moisture. Check out their full line of property and land services at www dot brushclearingservices.com or call them at 706-718-1690. Now we need to talk about how much you should spend. Clint, I, I want I want your opinion on this. I mean, you know, to kind of start things off, it's all about making the right improvement based on the size of the land you own and the value of the land you own. Elaborate on that a little bit. Again, it depends on you know, somebody's long-term plan, if they're going to own this property for 30 years and they're never going to sell it, or, you know, they're going to not going to sell it at all, then, then they may not care about what I'm about to say. But if you have plans of upgrading or selling at some point is something just to be conscious of, you know, people's mentality in land from a buying perspective is always, no matter how many improvements has got on it, many people still fall back on this. Well, how much is it per acre? And that works fine when it's unimproved land. Um, that logic doesn't apply when you've got improvements but that that's still how people think. So when you've got what you spend should be relative to your size of property. For example, you know, if you're going to spend a half a million dollars on a camp and you've got a hundred acres versus if you've got a thousand acres, you spread the cost basis of that camp across a lot more acres. So it doesn't affect the price per acre the way it does on the hundred acre track. So when you, let's say you do it on the hundred acre track, you go to sell it, you've got a half million dollar camp plus the value of the land and other improvements or the timber, what have you. And let's say it's now $700,000. 
that's $7,000 an acre. Well, you put that on the market. It's not that it won't sell, but it's going to have, a, you're going to have a lot harder time selling it versus the thousand acre tract because the price per acre is not going to be affected much at all. It's going to look like a better value to the market. And most people that have $700,000 to spend want to buy more than a hundred acres uh, in, in our region, certain parts of the country that's cheap. So just, just talking locally, but so it's all relative uh, to your market. And that's just something to be conscious of because it's not only going to affect your ability to sell it, it may be affect your ability to get the loan for it. Because again, when they do the appraisal and they're looking at loan to value, they're pulling in comps and that same mentality has placed comparable sales where they are in your market. So if they don't align, it may mean that you're not going to get approved for the loan or you're going to have to come up with some cash, cover the difference, things like that. So it's just, just something to be conscious of before you take that leap. Dale, taking everything Clint just said, you know, do you guys guide your borrowers in, in helping to determine the quote unquote right amount of improvements on a piece of land? I mean, what kind of questions you think somebody ought to ask themselves to get to that number of the right amount of improvements? You know, we can talk about like what Clint said, that if you're going to keep it forever, then there's something to be said for getting it the way you want it and enjoying it. And it doesn't really matter that much, but on your, from looking at it from your angle, what do you think somebody needs to ask themselves to get that right amount of improvements on a piece of land? Sure, and, and I would echo everything Clint said. I mean, and that's kind of the thought process that customers need to go through and just determine, you know, what your goals are for the, for the property. So from, from our side, you know, we'll, we'll handle getting the appraisal done and we'll go over those comps with the customers and make sure they understand that appraisal and what it means for the long-term picture. So that's kind of what we try to help guide. At the end of the day, the customer will, will ultimately make the decision um, to whether you know, they want to put in additional cash or you know, make changes to the proposed construction to more align it with market values. Um, we, we want to make sure they have the right information. So we try to get them everything they need to make, you know, have the right tools to make the decisions they need to. And, and we'll try to help to go through those comparable sales. Because at the end of the day, that's the market. That's going to be relative to their property and from their area so they can understand where that market is and what they could expect if they do turn around and want to sell the property in five or 10 years. So that's the biggest thing is just understanding how it works, uh, understanding that local market. Clint, going back to what you were saying about the price per acre and that being something that people focus on. And we see it a lot, you know, a lot of the online uh, search tools that are there for land. I mean, that's one way you can search it is the price per acre. And whether that's right or wrong, it's just the reality. Is there a percentage of, say, the price per acre that you think starts to inhibit the ability to market a property? So what I'm saying is, if the median price per acre is in an area is $2,000 an acre, and you make $1,000 per acre of improvements, so your property is $3,000 per acre, does it get much, much harder for you to, to market that property? Or does it, is it a higher number than that? I mean, is there a kind of a guideline to be had there? Because, I mean, prices per acre fluctuate wildly throughout the country. What do you think about that? I think if, you, if the cost of the improvements is going to drive up your price anywhere from let's say 30, 35% up towards over 50%. Again, depending on where we are in the country, it goes high as a hundred percent. If it starts going time and a half or doubling the median rates for land, you just need to be prepared for a longer time on market. 
smaller buyer pool and the need to be highly specific in your marketing about what you're bringing to market, you know, know all of the intricate details that are needed to convey the value of the improvement you've added, not just say three bedroom, two bath camp, you know, it needs to, to really go into detail about the size and the materials and, you know, why it's so valuable and, and to be able to defend that price. Yeah, I see the same thing. And and I think that's a lot of the value that guys like Dale, you know, y'all bring to the table is understanding that local market and being able to guide someone to say, hey, you know, values in our area are X. And the improvements you're thinking about making are Y. That's going to make things tough. We just want you to know that, you know, going into it or, you know, hey, you're good to go. I mean, that's that's a great improvement on that property. It's going to be able to you're going to be able to resell that very easily, you know, go for it, enjoy it. I think that we've pretty well answered the questions today about, you know, creating a budget, why you need to do so and how much you should spend versus how much you can spend. Dale, the biggest thing I learned today is that how important it is for somebody to reach out to someone in their local area or the area that they're intending to buy so that they can understand the price per acre and how these improvements uh, are going to affect that property uh, at resale. So if folks want to reach out to you, tell everybody, you know, what areas you cover. And if they want to reach out to Alabama Ag Credit, how they can get in touch with somebody in the area that they're they're looking to buy or looking to build. Sure. I'm here in the um, Selma office. Um, we cover kind of central Alabama. Um, the company as a whole, we have nine offices throughout the southern two-thirds of the state. Um, the easiest way is probably just go to our website, alabamaagcredit.com. Um, and you can sort there through your location and find a local lender with all their contact information, email address, the sale numbers. Cause it is, it's a big deal to get somebody local um, that knows the, the builders in the area, the suppliers in the area, and that can help help you walk through um, the challenges or benefits um, to building in that particular area and walk you through um, other customers' experiences. Um, you know, let you know things people have had success with and things people stumbled on. So I, I would definitely, uh, we'd love to talk to anybody, and, and I think that's something we can bring to the table um, to add a lot of value to the transaction. Dale, thanks for joining us, man. Sir. Clint, one way might be helpful to think about this. Uh, most of the people that are thinking about building a cabin, probably this is a second second place for them. They probably already got a home. They've either built a home or bought a home before. If you think about walking into a neighborhood where the average square footage is 2,000 square feet and the average price per square foot is $200 a square foot. And then you go build a 4,000 square foot home. Doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get $200 a square foot for that place when you go to sell it. That's right. It's going to be a bigger challenge for you, you know, and then your total price is going to be, you know, dramatically more than the median rates. So it's just going to be, you know, usually means that you're going to receive a discounted price per square foot because you've, you know, quote unquote overbuilt for the neighborhood. So, and that's just the way the market looks at it. So again, if you can convey that value properly, you may get your $200 a foot, but it's just going to take that much longer and that much more effort. Yeah. And, and like say, it's, it goes back to if somebody's wanting to spend, they're looking at this neighborhood where the average house is $400,000 and yours is 800,000. You just put yourself in competition with every other $800,000 houses uh, in that same location. So it, uh, it changes the, the, the comparisons that people are making too. Like you said earlier, if you build that half a million dollar cabin on a hundred acres, that person who's wanting a half a million dollar cabin is probably wanting a little more acreage 
So even though they may love your cabin, the then they may be going, well, it's just not enough land. So you just have to really talk to somebody who's dealt with this in your area and can share uh, that data that and that knowledge of the market. Uh, 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 somebody like Alabama Air Credit is a great person to start that budget conversation with, and and also just any any land professionals in your area reaching out to them. Uh, and asking them what they see, what what kind of challenges they face in marketing and advertising uh, these properties for sale. I'm excited, man, about this series. Uh, selfishly, because this is something that I've always wanted to do is build a cabin, and uh, but also because I, we get that question so much. So this is step one, creating that budget. We're going to be bringing you through. I think right now it looks like about a nine part series. Uh, We'll see. It may grow as we go, but it's been good, man. Guys, let's take a quick break and hear from this week's sponsors. Boaters List. Boaters List is your new reliable and fast resource designed to link everyone to everything on the water. If you run a boat, you know how difficult it can be to find the right company for the task at hand. Boaters List makes this easy and easy to find the service you are looking for. Locate anything from fuel docks to service repairs or rentals of large yachts all the way down to paddle boards and all things in between. Boaterslist.com will always strive to make it better on the water. And also brought to you by Alabama Farmers Co-op. From backyard gardening to large-scale farming and everything in between, your local co-op has what you need to be successful. Since 1936, Alabama Farmers Cooperative has provided high-quality products, and friendly service to community members and local farmers. With over 60 locations to serve you and 85 years of experience, you can count on the co-op. For more information and to find a location near you, visit www.alafarm.com. Well, folks, that is going to wrap it up this week. Appreciate you joining us. We want to make it easy for you to listen. So here's a handy option for you to get the podcast emailed to you each week. Just text the word hunting to 773-770-4377. Again, just text the word hunting to 773-770-4377. You'll join our email list. And wherever you are listening to podcasts, go ahead, subscribe, rate, and review. Send us a written review. We'd love to hear from you. If you got a show topic that you are interested in and like to see us cover, just email us at pros at landhunting.com. That's going to do it for us. Y'all stay safe out there. We'll talk to you next time. This week's Hunt Land Show is brought to you by The Hunting Exchange. Buy and sell your hunting gear securely online. PayPal protected purchases, no hidden charges. Listings are free. Head over to the App Store or Google Play and download The Hunting Exchange app today. And also brought to you by MB Ranch King. Save time and money when you buy MB Ranch King's maintenance-free hunting blinds. Call Kevin for info or quotes. 205-807-2937. MB Ranch King. Built in the pursuit of perfection. And also Brush Clearing Services. Check out their full line of property and land services at brushclearingservices.com or call them at 706-718-1690. And also by Southern Seed and Feed. Do you want to provide better nutrients for your deer? Check out Southern Buck. Your deer will love it. Visit their website at southernseedfeed.com or call 662-726-2638 to find the dealer nearest you. And also brought to you by the National Deer Association. You need to have hunting land liability insurance to protect your family's assets. Find the most comprehensive coverage available 
at deerassociation.com and protect yourself today.